Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I'm co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman, and my vision is to create a safe space where we can take off that Superman cape of having it all together and share our stories authentically and honestly. I really believe people are dying for the permission to be vulnerable, to just go there but it takes someone being willing to go there first. It's my desire to do just that and invite you and others to do the same by removing that shiny mask of perfection and courageously sharing the imperfect journeys of life, spirituality, love, business, and everything in between. Well, hey friend, I'm so glad to be here with you today. I don't know why it feels like forever since we hung out, even though I only took a week off the podcast, but it just feels like a long time. So I'm glad to be with you here today. I cannot wait for you to listen to my conversation with Dr. Shannon Irvine. And this particular conversation means so much to me because we're talking about this idea of taking our thoughts captive, of rewiring our brains. And I've noticed in my own life over the years how much I have let fear dominate. And fear can be really subtle. Fear can show up in ways that we don't even think it's showing up. So we just accept certain things in our life like, well, guys only look at me as being a friend. I'm never the lover, always the bridesmaid, or I can't get into Harvard. I'm not good enough for that. Or gosh, like if only I could just start a podcast, but I can't because there's all these other people in the industry that have a similar message as me. So why would I also have a seat at the table? Subtly, under all of these conversations, there is a root of fear. And because of what I believe about who God is, I don't believe that we were wired or created to have fear be the driver in our lives. But often, subtly, that is the case. So identifying these fear narratives is something that's so, so crucial to me in my life and pursuing freedom and wholeness. And I believe in your life as well. And I met Dr. Shannon because I photograph a group of online entrepreneurs quarterly. I travel all over the US and take their pictures. And as I do that, I get these little pockets of time with my clients and get to hear their hearts. And Dr. Shannon is one of my photography clients that I photograph on a quarterly basis. And I didn't really know what she did. I knew she was like a mega baller and really financially successful. But over the last few times that I've photographed her, I've learned, oh my gosh, she has her PhD. She is so committed to supporting entrepreneurs and people to live their God-given dreams and to get fear out of the way. And she does that by scientifically accessing the brain waves and the patterns in our minds that create the subconscious realities of our lives. I know it sounds a little crazy and woo-woo, but it is not. 
So I love, I love just how much science backs up what she's doing in her life. So get ready for a really incredible episode. I hope that you have a notepad out to take notes and just a little bit more about Dr. Shannon before we go live. Dr. Shannon Irvine is an entrepreneur. She's a high achievement mentor. She's the host of the Epic Success Podcast. She has her PhD in neuropsychology, which I think is so fascinating. And she's also a philanthropist. Her mission is to help entrepreneurs go for their God-given dreams by giving them the step-by-step blueprint to go from dream to launch in ways that honors what they value most. She helps her clients neurohack their success and build an epic life and business that they love by harnessing the power of the brain to hardwire productivity, goal attainment, and high performance mindset mastery. Woo! This woman is a baller. She is the real deal. So get ready. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and I am so excited to be back from a little podcasting break to talk to a dear friend of mine, Dr. Shannon Irvine. And she is coming to us today from San Diego, California. And before I introduce her, I just want to say, hello, Dr. Shannon. How are you? I'm great, Kat. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, Yeah, I'm just enjoying the summer weather finally here in New York. And feel really excited and have so much anticipation about our conversation today because I know how powerful the work is that you do. And just really in believing that God's going to use our conversation to really transform people's lives Um, because I know that's what you are in the business of doing. Um, So welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with your tribe of amazing people. Yeah. So can you tell us who you are and what you do and why you do what you do. Sure. So I am, I help entrepreneurs train their brain, their thinking really, Mm -hmm. to transform their business. And yes, I work with entrepreneurs, but honestly, it transforms their entire life. Mm -hmm. I have a background in, uh, I've been an entrepreneur all my life and I have a PhD in neuropsychology where I studied the science of success and what makes people successful and what makes people not successful. And it really does all boil down to what's going on in your brain, what you're repeating on a regular basis, whether you know you are or not, because we drive 80 to 90% of our daily actions and decisions from our unconscious or subconscious mind. And so my joy and my pleasure is helping people first of all, hear what's in there right. <laughs> and then uh, decide as adults what they want to keep and what they want to get rid of and teach them how to do that and actually build that pathway in their brain to build the success that they want, that mm. relationship or that business or the health goals or whatever it is that's most important to them when they take their thinking off of autopilot and actually start to become the creator of our thoughts, which is a gift given to us by our creator. Yeah, absolutely. And even as you're saying that, the what always comes to my mind is this verse in the Bible that didn't really mean much to me until I started really struggling with debilitating anxiety attacks a few years ago um, and moving and healing through that journey is the verse, take every thought captive. Yes. And I, like when you, when you're sharing what you do, like, I am such like, I geek out on this stuff. Um, 
But something that I've heard most of my life is, you know, you can't teach new dog tricks. And, you know, people saying things like, well, you know, I'm just OCD or I'm just an anxious person. And I feel like, like from this, like, I don't know where inside of me place, I always felt like, but if, if the Bible is true, and right. I'm, I in my personal worldview and faith am claiming that it is, then it has to be possible to change. But yet I felt like I was walking myself included around in my life with like this broken leg that never really got fully healed. And then it was like, I just had this limp. So I was like, functioning, but like maybe not at full capacity. And that's kind of the picture that I get for so many of us is that we have these things that are limiting us, whether it's internally, subconsciously, these limiting beliefs um, or narratives or internal conversations, whatever you want to call them. Um, Yet, because we don't really know they're there or that fear is driving them, we're just moving through our lives. Um, What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. So, you know, here's the thing. We are, we are created to be creators and God gave us the ability and you, you, you spoke the scripture beautifully to renew our minds and take captive the thoughts. If God didn't give us that power, that wisdom, then he would say, let me renew your mind. Let me help you take your thoughts captive. He gives us the uh, authority and he gives us the directive to do that. But so many people walk around on autopilot, just assuming that they are, like you said, I'm an anxious person or I'm just OCD or I'm this or I'm that. And if the thing you really need to understand is When you were born, you were born in that purest of state, that state that you were created to be. And then you were, you grew up in an environment and your brain's job is to keep things safe, to keep you safe and to keep things familiar. Mm. But when we're a child, we (laughs) read just another scripture. When we're a child, we reason like a child and we think like a child. We Mm. perceive things not as an adult would. So in our childlike mind, we do things to keep ourselves safe and to keep things familiar. Mm -hmm. And everyone has this way of coping with stresses that are going on when they grew up. There are stories or narratives, let's call them, that you believe about your success and about your failures and about your value and about your worth and about how much money you can make or how much money you can't make. And all of those stories came to be in the environment where you grew up, combined with kind of how you were naturally wired. Mm -hmm. Your perception or your interpretation of events that went on around you, you either perceived as a child as a threat or a non-threat. For those who had a more high sensitive system may have perceived more threats and therefore Mm -hmm. compensated more and created stories and protections around them. So you think back to like the first time you were teased at school, like a lot of us either, you know, kind of did the, well, forget that I'm just going to be the best and the biggest and the strongest and they'll never make fun of me again. That was a coping mechanism. Now, through that narrative, I create a story that is, I now have to be perfect. I now have to be the top of the class. I now have to be 
you know, the one everybody looks up to. And there's a lot of striving and not relying on God and not being in our truth and not being authentic because we're, we're too busy being the very best. So nobody would ever do that again. Or we go a totally another route with that circumstance where we're like, wow, that person thinks I'm not enough. Maybe that's true. Wow. What if it is true? Okay. Well then I don't want to put myself out there in front of anybody because that's dangerous. And then you create these stories that it's dangerous to put yourself out in front of other people. And then you grow up and you do the rest of your life. And a lot of the other stories are kind of mingled together and kind of a, I always joke around because it's a podcast. I can say this, like, you know, when you have a bunch of uh, headphone wires, head, like different iPhone headphones, and they, that you throw them all in your purse at the same time, <laughs> and they get all jumbled up. Yes. That's what these narratives end up doing in your brain. Your, your brain is, it's a beautiful system that God designed. It's job, other than to keep you safe and familiar, is to keep, just to automate, to make easy, to make it so you don't ever have to actually use any energy to think about what you have already programmed. So that story that we were just talking about and many, many others, as a child, you've created that decision and then you acted out and you, so basically you've told your subconscious, no, this is what I believe. Your subconscious is very neutral. It's job. That's why God says you can renew your mind. It's totally possible because you just need to give it what it needs to be renewed. But we don't take him at his word and we go along and we just think things are happening to us and we're reacting and we're reacting and we're feeling. But the reality is you can absolutely, completely and totally, once you take your thinking off autopilot, decide whether that story or that narrative is actually serving the vision that you have for your life or is like massively holding you back. And then it is literally a matter of brain science to completely prune away the things that are not serving you anymore. And it, it makes sense, right? Like yeah. as a child, you just, you make decisions and you, you, you just compensate, you, you create an, an environment. So you're safe and it serves you maybe for a little while, but mm -hmm. it doesn't you as an adult. It doesn't serve you as you're growing your business or trying to get into a relationship or trying to have a marriage or trying to be your healthiest. It actually starts to work against you yeah. and keeps you held back from those things that God had intended from the very beginning for you to have, your blessings. Yeah. And those narratives are actually the things standing in the way. Man, I just... As you're talking, I'm just, I'm replaying thing like scenarios from when I was a little kid. And so two things stood out to me or like two memories came to my mind when you were speaking, Shannon. And one is when I started struggling with anxiety attacks, it felt like it was all of a sudden out of nowhere. Yeah. And I know now through like the healing process that I've gone through that like nothing happens out of a void. <laughs> and no. there's really not much such thing as like an all of a sudden moment. Like it's typically something that's been things that have been set in motion for a long time. But what would ha what happened, I remember my first panic attack was when I was photographing a wedding. 
And it was so disorienting and so scary. And I didn't know it was happening. I thought in my, I thought I was having a heart attack. And then I was like, I think I'm losing my mind or maybe I'm dying. Um, It felt so scary to me. And I sort of like brushed it off. And after it was over and was like, oh, maybe I was just like tired or overheated or something. Well, the next weekend I went to shoot another wedding. Lo and behold, at the exact same time of the day during family portraits, which is a stressful time of a wedding day, I got another panic attack and it happened again and again. And then I had a panic attack at church once. And then the next time I went back to church, I had a panic attack at that same time in the church service. And I was like, what is going on? And I realized through like research and talking with people like you, like actually my body, my mind is trying to create a pattern here because it's trying to keep me safe. And so my body had this experience that was like very scary and the like bells are alarming in my head. And it's like, okay, so my brain has, my body has this experience. My brain tucks it away and is like, all right, at weddings, we have panic attacks. And during Mm -hmm. family portrait time is when we really freak out. So, because that's a scary time. So then the next time I was there, it happened again. Um, So I just thought, that was so fascinating to me that um, just what you had said is like our our brains are trying to go on automation to like keep us safe and, you know, to make it so we're working less. Um, right. And I just wonder when I was in the, those moments and that's where the things like take your thoughts captive started coming to my mind. Cause I was like, man, if it's possible for my brain to like make this crazy pattern that like, if we're at church, we have panic attacks, then it has right. to be opposite as well. Like I also have to be able to like, I can also create different patterns in my life um, yeah. as well. And I think that's where this question of like, is it possible to change? Like, can you, yeah. um, can you teach new dogs tricks? Like that's when that really started coming to my mind. Um, so I would just love to hear from you, just even just like scientifically, like mm-hmm. how and why is it possible to change? Like what's the science behind that with our brains and our thoughts and all of yeah, that? Yeah, no, it's such a good question. You know, we've learned a lot over the last 10 years and some really exciting new sciences coming up, but I'll talk about your question specifically. What I learned in my time uh, at my PhD in neuropsychology is that literally the only difference between a very successful person and success is relative, like whatever success looks like for you, right? Um, Not having panic attacks, that would be (laughs) successful, right? Or having a multimillion dollar business. We're all on different different paths. But Mm -hmm. what's going on in our brains, the only difference between somebody who is and who isn't or has and doesn't is the fact that what they've repeated over and over again is the truth according to the better version of themselves. And so what I mean by that is if I'm looking at a, at, at a imaging scan, right. And I'm working with a client that's wanting to remove something from their life, a habit or uh, anxiety, same along the same lines, we go through a pruning process and we can literally watch in the brain. Um, first of all, thoughts happen that creates everything. The cascade starts with a thought we just don't hear the thoughts. So the, if the, if we know now, like we can see it in the brain where the thought center of the brain will fire 
then the emotional center of the brain and the limbic system will fire. The limbic system is what created for you that anxiety attack. It increased your heart rate. It did all those things. So the thought comes beforehand. So we know that hands down, that's like scientific facts now. So typically though, we'll feel something or we'll feel it in our body. It'll manifest, but we won't think that it's coming from a thought, but it is. So when we can get in there and create a new thought or a new pathway, think of them like freeways. Like if you're having random thoughts, like, oh, there's a butterfly, then that thought has to actually jump a gap. It's called the synaptic gap. Goes down one freeway, has to like almost take a jump uh, to another freeway and it keeps going and it just goes off. It doesn't connect anything. It's just a random thought. It doesn't store anywhere. It's just a thought doesn't create emotion or might create an, a moment of emotion, but it doesn't like repeat or, or hardwire. When we continue to repeat a thought over and over and over and over and over again, then we see when I'm looking at a scan, you'll actually see that freeway. And then the free, the second freeway actually get glued together. And that's when we know it, this, this, pattern, this thought pattern, which is creating uh, an emotion, which is creating an action, which is decisions in action, which is creating result. So that thought pattern now no longer has to jump any gap. It's automated. And now it's storing in the subconscious. So when that same circumstances showing up at the wedding happens, you, you don't even have to have a thought now. Now all of a sudden your subconscious goes, got it. I know how to keep her safe. I'll give her panic. And it seems so counterintuitive. Like, how is that keeping me safe? But in your, for your brain, your brain is like, it's, well, that's a whole different circumstance. It's actually keeping you in a state of fight or flight, right? It's keeping that, that limbic system on. Um, But the great news is we also, through those same scans, will watch an automated thought like that, that's repeated over time, that's stored in your subconscious. When you create a different freeway, or you a new freeway. So you're taking the thought captive, that's the old freeway, and you're thinking on what is good, pure, lovely, true, and praiseworthy, right? So now you're building, literally we will see it brick by brick, elect, electric by, uh, you know, electric impulse by electric impulse, that new freeway being built. Now at 21 days, where everybody thought that's where you create a new habit, right? 21 days, both freeways, for lack of a better word, both neural networks are equal. So that's why so many people will try to do something for about 20, 21 days, think they've got it, stop worrying about it or stop thinking about it or stop practicing or trusting the process. And then they're right back to that old way. It's because it's still automated. It's still there. But at about 60 to 67 days, what we see in these scans is if you keep building that new freeway, brick by brick, thought by thought, time after time, stopping the old thought. It's not that you don't have the old thought. It's just that you know what it is. And there's a process. We can talk about that. But stopping that thought and and then choosing to renew or make your mind go to the new thought. It's an active process. And so after about somewhere between 60 and 67 days, we'll see that old neural network that was automated, that was could have been there since, you know, very, very young, literally prune apart. Like that's where you'll hear the, the synaptic pruning. That's the official term for it. The coolest thing about it is 
is that we see it prune apart so much that remember when we talked about that random butterfly thought that jumps the gap when when a true synaptic pruning happens it prunes apart so far that that a thought can't technically jump that gap you would actually have to build a new network for that to happen so it's pretty powerful and then perfectly aligns with everything scripture tells us about how to manage our thoughts how to manage our mind how to just all of the things that Nothing new under the sun. Scripture's already said it, but yet it is absolutely true. We see it in brain scans. And then the flip side of this, which is so, this is a part that I just think is so amazing. The brain is this just amazing tool that we've been given. And 97% of people walk around like not utilizing it, not knowing how to operate it, not knowing that they can operate it. And that's my life's mission is to help people realize, first of all, become creator of their own thoughts and truly tap into this because you're the cool thing about your brain too. And that's when God tells us to think on what is true, you know, true, lovely, and pure and praiseworthy. Your brain from a scientific standpoint does not know the difference between something that's actually happening in your environment that's real, or you vividly, we call it priming, but imagining something over and over and over and over and over again. It's honestly how anxiety gets created. We imagine something over and over and over and over again. It becomes real to our brain. It's a true threat in your brain system that creates anxiety. On the flip side, you actually can sit down. I do it with God. I sit down and say, okay, what do you want? What are we going here? What are we doing? And what's the best version of me? Mm-hmm. And defining that, you can actually live in your mind from that place, create that in your mind and continue to do that daily, daily, daily to where you're actually building up in your brain, this imagery, like it's already happened and it's storing in the part of your brain that's learned in memory. So your brain doesn't know the difference. It's something athletes have known for years. That's why they do all that type of brain priming, but it's truly available to everybody who wants to be the best version of themselves. Gosh, I have a thousand different questions and I'm like, God, which direction do I go in right now? That's so incredible. And I think the question that I want to move into now, because I do want to know how do we break you know, how do I break the freeway and how do I, how do I identify the thought that comes first, even though it doesn't feel like there's a thought there. Um, but I think first, like, how do we know that we're agreeing with lies, fears, limiting beliefs, like whether that's in my job, like one of the ones, one of the things I believed in my job for, in my career for a really long time. And it's why it took me years to put out an online course is because I thought, well, so-and-so already has a course out. And so if Mm -hmm. she's doing it, then I can't do it. Um, I didn't feel like there was like enough room at the table for everyone. Um, And then I, another limiting belief I had about my career was um, I had seen so many of my friends go down the course route. And as I saw them go down that route, it's like I saw them lose themselves and become like really salesy and inauthentic and like all about the money. And it just Mm -hmm. felt so slimy to me that my brain in my brain, it's, I thought, well, if, if that's what take, that's what it takes to be successful, then I don't want any part of it. Um, 
So I know that these conversations can happen, but because it was my experience that felt really real, um, it seemed like, well, that's just the way it is. Um, yeah. And what I've experienced, in, especially I think in faith circles is that a lot of people don't know they're living in fear. And a lot of people don't know that they have these limiting beliefs. So right. how can you first and foremost, Shannon, educate me, my audience, like about how do I, I even identify and know if I'm in this category? Yeah, no, I love this. I'm going to answer because you actually asked a couple of questions in there. I love that you tell your story because as I'm listening to your story, I'm hearing that you had a story about what it meant to be successful. So you started telling yourself that in order to have a course, you interpreted there's a story that you had to be slimy and salesy in order to be successful with a course. And so you made a decision that, and I guarantee you that was not in a vacuum. That conversation mirrored something in your earlier growing up time where I know for me, it was like, oh, well, people, it was okay to make about, I don't know, a hundred thousand, but anything over that in my, in my growing up was, oh, those are those people. And there was this connotation that those people were not who we are and not bad, like not good. Like, and, and so, you know, I would get close and then I'd start sabotaging or procrastinating. Or I'd start telling myself a story like, oh, I don't really want, this isn't what I really want. Because again, brain, safe, familiar, it's only going to allow you to move up to what's what you've automated. So for you, you automated like, okay, I can get up to that point. And if I put myself out there, I don't want to be judged. And here's the thing. We are born with a, a God-shaped hole. We are born to be loved by God, to be valued by Him, and to have our worth in Him. And if we don't get our value or worth there, then we try to get it in the world. And so here we are out in the world trying to figure out what our value is outside of God. And so therefore, we look to people's opinions. We look to people's what's popular, what's happening, and we start measuring ourselves against other people, stuff that was never intended we, we were never intended to do that. But yet this is what happens to us as human beings living in a human world. We, we want to be loved. We want to be valued and we want to know we're enough and we don't want to be judged. And so we have stories, you have an opinion, you have a narrative about what that means in the world, whether it's, you know, how you can show up in your business or how you show up in relationships. So to hear the story, to get to your second question, you know, first of all, literally, I know this sounds super simplistic. So this is why 97% of people won't do it. They'll hear it and go, oh, that sounds like a good thing. And they won't apply it. But I'm telling you, it is the it, it is amazing what happens when you apply this. Just agreeing with God and saying, you know what? I will become the creator of my thoughts. I will take my thoughts captive. I will renew my mind. Part of renewing your mind and to hear the stories is just, first of all, stop being on autopilot. Start actually recognizing that your thoughts create your reality. And you asked the question, like, how do I know I really have these stories? Well, the best way, and I'm, this is going to be a little bit of a sting for some people, is look around at your life right now. That is a representation of what is 
programmed in your subconscious. So some of it's great, right? We don't want to throw that away. That's fantastic. But if you aren't where you want to be at, and if you don't have the income you want or the relationship you want or your health, or if you're somewhere where you're like, I wish I was somewhere different or I was different in this area, then that is showing you, that is evidence of pre-programmed automated narratives that are stored in your subconscious and they're running 80 to 90% of your decisions. So therefore your actions, so your bank account, your house, your relationships, that's all evidence of those stories. So if life is perfect, then you're good. You're golden. Like Keep going, keep doing it. But if there are some things in your life that you're like, gosh, I keep trying, I keep doing this and I can't get it. And then here's where the fun work begins. And it's, I always tell my clients, like, just, you got to understand you, you spent a long time automating. Now you can, in 60, you spent, you might've spent 30 years automating this, right? You in 67 days, you can shift it. That's powerful, but you do have to trust the process. And you do have to do uncomfortable things. And most people aren't willing to do that. So to start hearing the stories, the first step really is to take your thinking off autopilot. And one of the tools I give my clients is just imagine you have, for those of you who are chefs, you'll know what a chinois is, but imagine you have a, a filter or like a pasta strainer, you know, something that strains things out, but the one with the mesh, right? The real fine thing. And I just want you to go through a typical day, keeping a journal with you or, or your vo- voice notes, whatever works for you. And I want you to recognize when you're feeling stressed, when you're in resistance, when things aren't going the way you want them to go, when there's tension, these become your best ind- best friends because you, when things are going great, you don't hear your stories, even though they're still running, right? So when things aren't going quite the way you want, or you're feeling tired or you're feeling stressed. I just want you to just become aware of what you're thinking because these automatic thoughts that happen, you do hear them. You just dismiss them. You you just kind of like, oh, who are you to think you can do that? Oh, you know, I'll just keep going. And then you just keep going. You just pass them by. But with this filter, I want you to be asking yourself, does that thought take me to where I want to be or keep me from it? And it's a simple filter question, but what will happen is just, just the intentionality of not allowing thoughts to just be automatic. You'll go about your day. You'll be in a situation. You'll be in a a situation with other people or whatever the case may be. I will even say, if you really want to amplify it, put yourself in situations that stress you out (laughs) because that's going to create, I mean, it just depends. If you want to be on autopilot and take it easy, then this, this isn't going to be the work for you. But if you're really like, no, I really want to get to that next level in my life or in my business, then put yourself in that situation. Like go live, launch the course, go be at the place where the guy is that you really want to be with. Like go put yourself in that stressful situation with the intention of hearing the thoughts. and. Here's the thing. We, guys, if you're listening, this is you too, but it's definitely nine, nine, we know from science, nine times more uh, for women, we have this thing called a negativity bias where we'll think nine times more negative about ourselves than we will anybody else. So, so much of what we're telling ourselves is just so kind of part of the fabric. So when you go and get in these uncomfortable, risky, stressful, tension-filled environments, you will start to hear 
what it is that you're telling yourself. And then once, then that is honestly the first step. Recognition is the first step to rewiring your subconscious. I want to pause in today's episode to tell you about something I am so excited and passionate about. So for my single ladies, this one is for you. I just want to say I get it. Dating in today's culture can be a struggle fest. Do you ever feel like you're going to end up being a crazy cat lady watching Bachelor reruns, eating pirate booty all by yourself? I get it, girl. Let's face it. Dating can feel confusing, frustrating, isolating, and like a desert wasteland, but it doesn't have to be. I created a free resource guide just for you to support you in getting out there this year. It's called Six Tips to Activating Your Dating Life with Intention and Clarity. I truly believe that whether you've never been kissed or your last date was 20 minutes ago, this guide can support you in shaking things up and putting yourself out there in honoring and might I also say fun ways. These are the exact things I have implemented into my dating life over the last few years that have empowered me, given me clarity, and propelled me into getting from my couch onto an actual date. So hold up. If you're married or already in a relationship, don't tune me out. I know you have some girlfriends in your life that would benefit from this. So whether you are married or you are a single girl ready to put yourself out there, go to bit.ly slash TRW dating. That's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y slash T-R-W, stands for the refined woman, dating. This is where you can grab your free guide, six tips to activate your dating life now. So ladies, let's get out there, shake things up and have fun. I am with you on the journey. And then what do you do after that? So you start recognizing the narrative. So I, I feel like I, I can recognize quite a few of the narratives going on in my life. (laughs) And, or, and I know we all have maybe hundreds, maybe thousands of them. Um, but like, for instance, um, one for me for a long time was guys only look at me as friends, as a friend. Right. Or I was like, I'm always going to be a bridesmaid. I'm never going to be a bride. Um, And gosh, I'm trying to think. For me, for work, it was like, if I could just make $100,000, then I'll really have made it. And for like six years of my career, I was like, why can't I get past the six-figure mark? Like, what's going on? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Because you told your brain that's all you need. I'm like, oh, this is where we stop. Um, Yeah. And then I'm currently writing a book proposal and I recognize the thought that comes to me. And it's my college professor who told me, you're a really Mm -hmm. bad writer. You should not write. And so I feel like there's times where I'm writing and I'm like, I hear that voice and I'm fighting against myself. I'm like, no, but I am the girl for the job. Like, clearly I'm a good writer. I was pursued to write a book. Um, And so what do you do once you recognize? Then what? So can we use your book example? Please. Because I feel like if we use an actual example, I had something similar happen when I was starting my podcast. So mm-hmm. um, I think it'd be helpful to like use an actual example. So, and, and you did because you're a high performer, Kat, like I know you. So uh, that is what natural high performers do is like, I, no, I'm good. I'm good. And you push by it, which is, which is 
better than not. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> that's really good. But um, the first step is recognizing it. And here's the thing. You now know from this interview that 80 to 90% of your daily decisions are going to come from that subconscious programmed place. So we want, and a lot, the pushback I'll get when we were starting this work is, gosh, I don't want to focus on the things I'm thinking because then it's going to manifest more of it. Mm. Y'all, 80 to 90% of your actions are coming from a place you cannot even access and you don't want to pull it out so that you can get rid of it. No, (laughs) let me tell you, like, we've got to pull it out so that you can do the remaining part of the process to get rid of that. So the first thing is we can't do the stuff in our mind. And I would guess that's what you probably did was did a like, oh no, somebody like asked me to do this. Like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And then kept going. So what happens with that story, it just says, okay. And it just kind of goes right back to the Mm. subconscious to, to live another day (laughs) Um, to when you're like having to submit the proposal and then it'll Mm. probably pop up back then. So what we need to do is after we've recognized what the thought is, exactly like it came up in our head, we want to record it. We want to write it down. That's this, there's a four R process in my neuro coaching model. And, um, well, there, there's other steps to the model, but this is the removing or the rewiring part. So first you recognize it, then you record it. So you write it down. So you would write down exactly like you heard it mm-hmm. in your mind. I imagine it was adapted a little bit. Like, um, I know for me, as I was creating the podcast, I was starting to have this thought, like, you know, I'd been an offline coach for a long, long time with my neuro coaching model. And I'd helped tons of entrepreneurs grow their businesses to six, seven and eight figures. Right. But here I am starting this podcast, putting my vision out there to the interwebs. And, Mm -hmm. um, I had this fleeting thought and they're like clouds, right? They float by, Mm -hmm. they seem so harmless, but I've had, but I know better. So I had this thought, like, you don't have enough value to bring to the podcast. Mm -hmm. It was just a moment. And that's a whole long story of why value comes up for me because I had my value and my work very twined together for a very long time. But I just went, I like, I know better. So, so the red flag went up for me. I'm like, there's the thought. So I wrote down, I do not have enough value to bring to the podcast. So you see, I wrote it exactly like I heard it. Mm. No different. So what'll happen in that, the third step, which is you refute it, the third step will happen as an adult. So here's a story that's probably been in there for longer than even your professor, maybe. But yet when you see it written down, your natural adult logical brain will start to argue with it. You'll see it and you'll you'll look at it and be like, that's not true. It's not true because, and you already started to do it, right? Like, but you're writing, you're, you, again, we want to pull it into a different part of our brain. If you're just thinking it, it, it just has the, it's probably going to go right back. But if you pull it in, you're using your hands by writing it, you're pulling it to a different part of your brain, you bring it to that prefrontal cortex and you're, you're writing, I, I was pursued for this writing venture and you just start writing down all your logical adult reasoning because now you're looking at this lie, Yeah. right? Nothing new since the Garden of Eden. They're all lies whispered to you to have you not step into the greatness that you were called to be. Mm. So I look at it as a whole different thing. It's not your fault that you have these pre-programmed stories. It is not like you do not judge yourself. Be very curious about these stories. Get very passionate about them because you didn't, you did the best you could. Yeah. You as a, as a child or young adult, you just coped, but we do have a father of lies. And he does not want you to fulfill your, your mission, your vision, and your calling mm. for sure. So if he can whisper, 
Kat, you're not very good writer. Remember college professor? Mm. That's all he's got to whisper. And then that program takes over and he knows that. So, so you're written down whatever exact statement it is and you start refuting it as your adult self. But remember that negativity bias I told you about? We yes. are nice and harder on ourselves. Yes. So one of the steps in this refuting step that I really want you to do is to um, think about the person in the world that means the most to you. And if you're thinking as a parent, you know, yes, choose a child. So like, get over that. I, I, for me, I chose my son, Max. So think about that for you, whoever it's a best friend, it's a, you know, a parent, it's whomever, but like the person that you would like pull from a speeding bus kind of person, you know, mm-hmm. that, that person. So you've got that person in your mind. Yes. Okay. So whoever that is, for me, it was my son, Max. So, um, I want you to take that lie statement that statement that's not true, the statement that you've got programmed in that subconscious. And I want you to out loud, not to their face, because we're not going to put that on them, but out loud, as if you're saying it to them, I want you to put it on them. So here's, here's what I did with Max. I said, Max, now he's not in the room. I was in the bathroom with the door closed. That's the parent's office, right? So, um, (laughs) and I'm like, I imagined his face and I said it out loud again, different part of the brain, not just floating around in my head, Max, you don't have enough value to bring to the world. And then the true part of your brain starts to kick in. And the Southern mom in me that like <laughs> will, will cut you if you do something to my child, you know, came out and I was like, oh my gosh, since the moment he was born, he had enough value. Like I just, I started mm. and again, on paper, you start writing down what is true for that person. And that's what we call in the neuroscience world, mirror truth. So it, it is truth for you too. You're just too hard on yourself to see it. Wow. So it's powerful mm-hmm. and it's emotional because mm-hmm. you would never say those things to that person, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like in a million years, and you almost have resistance to doing it because you, you can't, but yet we are allowing this statement to remain in our own minds, keeping us held back. And so now you have what the refuting that you wrote down from your normal adult self that, that was able to refute it, obviously, because you saw it for what it was. And then you have the mirrored truth that you've written down about whoever you put it on. Now you have all the makings of a new freeway in your brain. You have all the, all that you need is right there in front of you on, on that paper to now rewire. So you just take all that truth. Because remember, isn't it funny? We're talking about truth and lies. (laughs) Nothing new under the sun, right? So we've exposed the lie. We've created, we know the truth. It's not an an illusion. It's the truth. You've written it down based on your adult brain and also what's really true. Like, can you imagine going up to a newborn baby and saying, you know what? You'll have enough value. You'll be able to write when you're like, you know, at a certain level, but not, you know you're not good enough right now. Mm. Can you imagine doing that? Like, <laughs> no, like we have that inherent given value from our creator the moment we're born. So um, when you go to rewire it, all you're doing, and this is where those who are just like want the blue pill and want it to come really, really fast, get a little, they, they will give up. But it's just literally every time you start to experience that thought, you grab that piece of paper and you reread it to yourself. Uh, I encourage people to, depending on how you, what you're, you learn uh, to record yourself saying it 
and then playing it to yourself every morning when you wake up, especially if it's a deep one you're trying to work on. And every evening before you go to bed, those two times are when your subconscious mind is just really open. It's just really opening to hearing. And what you're doing, like if I could show you a scan of your brain when you're doing this, is you're literally brick by brick building a new neural network. Now, when the old thought pops back in your head, because it will, you now have this arsenal of truth. You you just stop. You just tell it's like literally stop. That's not true. And you speak the truth. So when you do that, you are actually taking a brick away from the old path and building, adding it to the new. And at about 60 to 67 days, it will become back in that automated state, but the the automated state will be the actual truth instead of the lie that's been hiding out there running your day. Wow. Now, how important is it to do the this like four hour process with the visualization stuff you were talking about? Yeah. So, um, well, here first of all, lest I, lest I'm giving somebody anxiety, thinking I've got a thousand stories and I'm going to be doing this all day long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, take a deep breath. <sighs> I, I promise you that most in my. 10-year experience doing my neuro coaching model with very high performers and, and brand new entrepreneurs. So like the gamut, mm-hmm. it all typically boils down to one or two, what I call base lies or base truths that have been usually around worth, value, those things that have tentacles. Yes, they look different. You know, that, that looks like it's a whole different story, but in reality, it boils down to I I'm enough, mm, yeah. you know? And so when we get to the, I, I like it, I liken it to like an onion layer. Once you peel back the first layer of the onion, the, the other layers come off really, really easily yeah. because it's all kind of part of one base story. And so what works for you when you're doing this top layer story, cause that's that thick layer and it's uncomfortable mm. and it feels weird. Once you get comfortable with that, when another one pops up, you're like, Oh, you'll notice that the truths that you're writing down are very similar because they're going after a deeper thing. Mm. So the visualization or what we call brain priming, and it's something um, that, like I said, high performers, athletes use this all the time. Your brain not knowing the difference between what is real and what is not, you can actually utilize that Mm. system to now, like you've got this page worth of truth, right? Mm. And you're able to paint that picture in your mind with a lot of senses. So if you kind of want to pull in all your senses with it. And because this is not a, a typical thing that people do, I have an audio that you can offer for your listeners oh, to nice. actually hear it in action. Because I think once you hear it, then you're like, oh, okay, I see. We're just pulling in as if we're like literally looking through our own eyes in the future and it's mm-hmm. already finished. Mm-hmm. So we're living from that future version of ourselves, having a completely different viewpoint and we're seeing who we're with and what we're eating. And like, we're really adding texture to that visualization. That's called a brain priming. And it's a little different than this for our process. The for our process is building a neural pathway. Mm. The brain priming is doing the same thing, but it's actually growing the part of your brain that, uh, of, basically seeing what's potential. So 
right now, what's potential is what you see, what's around you right now mm-hmm. for most people. And some people set goals and they'll believe, they'll hope they get to them, right? But what brain priming does is it allows you to go and step into that future version of yourself, make that extremely vivid, and you practice that every single day. And then your brain starts seeing that as actually true and then starts creating more and more of that. And I want to take a a quick rabbit trail just to have it make a little more sense there's a great part of our, our brain system called the reticular activating system or RAS for short. Its job, he only has one job. It's to filter, only allow in, only allow to filter in to your consciousness what aligns with what is already programmed in your subconscious. Wow. It does that because if we had to process the 8,000 thoughts per minute that our stimulus that's coming at us, we just don't have the energy for it. I mean, our thoughts take a lot of glucose and a lot of energy. So it's a beautiful system. So we actually tap through brain priming, we tap into that system and we show our brain where it is we want, we we like literally step into the version of ourselves that we want to become. Mm. And we're there every morning. And if you really get serious about it, you can do it in the evenings too. And you start to show your brain just, you know, from a conscious level, this is what I believe. And then your brain does the same thing it did with the narratives. It starts to store it as truth. It starts to automate that as truth. And now all of a sudden that RAS starts to go to work for you. And I'll hear my clients say all the time, it's the coolest thing in the world. They'll say like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden this man came out of nowhere and he's <laughs> the love of my life. Or, oh my gosh, this opportunity of collaboration came and I didn't have anything to do with it. Mm. But you did because you you actually were available to it and the energy and it, and it's not woo guys this is science yeah. this is the way we're wired uh, that's why God says He doesn't give us more than we can handle mm. our brains have to be able to handle it before it can be given to us mm. that reminds me so much of well the first of all the the Henry Ford like whether yeah. whether you believe it or not it is so I do you know what the exact quote is. Uh, you're, you're getting really close. It's something along those lines. Um, but for most of my life, I thought I felt invisible to men and particularly Mm. to men that I was attracted to. And like, I had a lot of narratives around it. Um, some more like, why would a guy like that, like a girl like me, like I always felt like the uncool girl that like the popular guy would never like. And so everything, Every situation that would happen with guys from like middle school, high school to college, post-college, it was like ammunition for that story. Yeah. And I I felt like I was always going to be the friend. Well, then I did all of this like therapy and emotional intelligence work for, gosh, like five years or so. And I remember in that time, like... Um, it was like a, a flip switched. And once yeah. I was really working on like these deep narratives for myself and, okay, what's really true about me? What if I had the audacity to believe that I am the person that God says I am? What if I am worthy? Yeah. Like, how crazy would that be? Like, what? how would I be showing up in my life? And I remember 
it was like right when I moved to New York, I, I was in the middle of that work about six years ago, walking down the street in New York. And I was like, men are noticing me. And like, I mean, I was like, I was like, I don't look different. I was wearing the same clothes. I hadn't like lost any weight or anything, but like I, and a year into that dated more in a year than I had in almost a decade. And I was like, what is happening? And in that time, also a guy from my past came back into my life that I had like a cotton mouthed, awkward, just like weak in the knees. (laughs) crush on this guy in high school and he was older than me. And I thought he was so cool and popular and we would hang out all the time, but I just never thought there was any chance that this guy could like me. All these years later, it'd been more than 10 years. We've, we got reconnected through a mutual friend and it turns out the whole time he liked me and he thought that like, why would a girl like that? Like a guy like me. And it was such an enlightening moment for me because I thought, wow, look what happens when we don't believe our worth. Like I could look back at this point and say, oh my gosh, 100%, this guy was crazy about me. But because I didn't think I was worthy, I couldn't receive his pursuit. And because I expected that guys would look at me like a friend. That's all I was looking for. Um, And so as you're talking, like this is what is coming up into my mind is this, these scenarios that happened in my life of like, wow, once I started doing the work of like, why, why not me? Why isn't it possible for me to have a meaningful relationship? Why wouldn't the guy I'm attracted to also be attracted to me? Um, Right. It took me a lot of years to really work through that. And there's still stuff that I'm working through. But um, it when you're talking about the brain priming, like I feel like this is like the first time I've heard the actual science behind it. Because I always felt like, man, we I was creating this self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think we do that all the time. But oh, yeah. it's crazy that there's actual science behind it. Yeah, there really is. And that's what I really want your listeners to hear today. Like if you hear nothing else from our conversation today, just knowing that you truly are the creator of your thoughts, like you truly are, and you get to choose the thoughts that you have to create the reality that you want. And here's the thing, like it was an Einstein quote, but I still use it all the time, right? The thinking that got you where you are right now today is not the kind of thinking you're going to need to get you to where you want to be. There's a different level of thinking that needs to happen. That's what it takes to, when you take your thinking off of autopilot, Mm. you start to truly decide. And, you know, here we are in so much of our lives grappling for control, trying to control everything, right? Isn't that, that's a big part. And, you know, I have anxiety in my family and and Mm. dealt with it with myself. So that's a lot of what anxiety is. It's this desire to want to control things. And Mm. when we feel like we've lost control, that's when anxiety really takes over. We, we are all trying to control so much and control is an illusion. What Mm. is an illusion is the fact that you get to decide what you think. Wow. You get to decide how to interpret what other people think, do and believe. And now one of the things I'll hear a lot is, okay, like I will become the creator of my thoughts, but my husband, but my mom, but my (laughs) best friend, guess what guys? They're on their own journey. They have their own 
process, the best thing you can do for them is to do what you need to do for you mm. and just let them watch because the evidence of a person that starts to take their thoughts captive, starts to renew their mind, starts to become the creator of their thoughts, and then gets some momentum with it and decides, well, what else am I capable of? What else did God make me capable of? And you start to then prime, do some priming around that future version of yourself. Now, all of a sudden, things are happening differently for you than ever before. You are stepping into the true version, I believe. Once you remove the lies, and that's why I'm so passionate about what I get to do with my neuro coaching model. Once you remove the lies, then you're back to truth. Mm. And Truth is what sets you free. Yeah. So now you're free to be exactly who you're wired to be, designed to be. You get to go out and help other people. But most of all, you know, you said it best. You know, you thought when you got to 100,000, then you would be successful. Mm. It's the opposite. We get to be successful now so that we can end up wherever we want to end up. Mm. And doing that in our brains first is is what gets us there faster, easier, with less struggle. But, you know, it's the three or 4% that are willing to actually do the work. But man, when you start to do this, you start to realize the abundant life that you were supposed to have, that all of this was holding you back from. And you actually start to see things like, well, what's possible now? Now that I've train my brain this way, like what else, you know, what else is out there? And so I, I just encourage your listeners, if they do nothing, just to just take the thinking off autopilot and start to decide what it is that you want to think in the most important areas of your life and start taking radical action toward that. That's so good. And that's mic drop right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's such good stuff, Shannon. Now, I, I do have one more question for you. And like part of me wants to end the conversation right there, but I feel like I have this burning question. So yeah. is it okay if I ask you one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I am so in alignment with what you're talking about and with what you're teaching. Um and I don't know if this is a limiting belief that's coming up for me. Um, so what if the thing that I want or we want long desire for dream about just isn't the thing that's meant to happen in our lives. So, um, for example, like what if I just like am not supposed to have for whatever reason, a seven figure business, like not from a place of like fear, but like, what if that's just like, not what God has for me or as I, what if I'm completely connected to my worth and value and identity and mm-hmm. open to love? But like, what if God just doesn't have a relationship for me? Um, like, mm-hmm. so, and I feel like we could give examples for every area of our lives. Like, yeah. what if the thing isn't supposed to happen? Like, I'm like kind of yeah. what I, what I don't want people to hear is like, this is the magic formula, like the 10 step guide to like, right. cause I don't you know that life works like that. So no, I feel like no, I no. couldn't like not bring that part of it up to you. No, I love that because here's the thing there. And again, I'm always going to lean back on truth and the mm-hmm. truth is God gives you the desires of your heart. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that particular scripture gets turned, that gets flipped, it gets interpreted different ways, right? Mm -hmm. So some people read that and say, um, whatever I desire, God will give me Mm -hmm. that that's not, 
what he's saying. He's saying he will actually give you the desires of your heart. So in this whole brain training, removing limiting narratives and starting to train your brain, the biggest thing that will happen for you is as you start to take these steps, you'll take the actions, right? Action creates clarity. So in that action, you are going to, you're going to be so much more in touch with your thinking Mm. and the emotions that come from that and the decisions then you will now be weighing those against what you truly value. Mm. And so value always has to come in here. And that this is where I, I always tell people, you know, don't put limits on what God wants to do for you because he is so big. If you're stepping out of it, we get so afraid to step out of his boundaries, right? Mm. And I'm not talking sin. I'm talking, you know, does he want me to have this business or this business? Does he want me to go to seven figures or six and a half yeah. or six? Or does he want this guy or no guy? Like he is so faithful to guide our steps. He is so faithful to give us the desires of mm. our hearts, but he, he doesn't give us more than we can handle. So we, we can't handle any of that knowledge while we have a narrative that we're not enough. Wow. We're never going to get to, complete in my singleness or complete with a marriage. If I'm over here saying I'm not enough, Mm -hmm. I've got to remove that story. I've got to take that thought captive and I have to rewire it toward what I believe in this moment is what I want. I'm, I'm checking it in prayer. I'm doing those things. You know, we're all on different paths in that department. But for me and what I've seen over and over again is man makes his plans and God directs his steps. Mm right? So as you're stepping in, as you're leaning into that biggest and best version of yourself, you're leaning into things like having a complete knowledge of your value, knowing that you're enough, knowing that you have what it takes, knowing that it doesn't matter if you're judged by anybody because you know the truth of who you are and whose you are, Mm. knowing that um, you are wired in a certain way. Some of us are wired differently. And not everybody's an entrepreneur. Not everybody, some people are happy in their jobs. That doesn't mean they should go jump and be something different. God's going to really, as you take action toward this best version of yourself, and as you take action toward it, the clarity comes from there. And he really is so faithful. If you start saying like, I think I want this, you'll have all those checks in your Mm. spirit to bring you to that great and perfect place that was always wired and designed for you. So we don't have to be afraid of that. And I think mm-hmm. that's what I, I see so many people kept captive in fear of making a mistake or even being, well, this could be a whole nother podcast episode, even being judged by God or that God's going to be mad at them. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're not making the right decisions. He's a big God. Yeah. <laughs> he created you. He created this universe. He has, he has ordained things since the beginning of time. So you're going to be absolutely fine. But here's the thing. You don't know the limits or the capacity to which he has called you to until you start stepping into and believing for more than where you are right now. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm glad I asked that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. It's almost like a, a dance mm-hmm. uh, and that I see that once you, you know, start to do this and you start to really do this and you start priming, you bring him into the priming and you're asking him, okay, is this what you want? But you know that he's going to tell you if it's not like right. we, he's a good father and he's going to guide us. He's going to guide us. But 
there's so much more openness when we think he can do as much as he actually can do. Right. And start to believe that without any restriction mm. toward who we've been. Mm. I don't, that's kind of like an odd thought, but you know, a lot of times we, we think our possibility is only what we see. Mm-hmm. And I really do take scripture at its face value where he says, I've come to give you life and life abundantly right. here and forever. So like we are his creation and we're meant to go out in the world and be mirror images of him. Mm. <laughs> what, like I, what lights me up when I wake up every day is what today, God, like I just, what today, what do I get to do today to bring somebody more truth, to point them towards you, to be that place where people see you in me mm. and know who you are and who they are. And I just believe like he really wants not an ego life for us. He wants a big life for us so that people can turn and look and say, where did they get that from? Yeah. And then we get to give us, give the hope, you know, where that comes from. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about a life well-lived, whether it's a life of being a, a, a mom for your whole life and never working outside of the house, being single, be having a bit like all of it. It, it's all a symphony that when we put it together really brings him glory. Mm, yes. Yes. And amen. Um, well, gosh, Shannon, uh, I just acknowledge the work that you're doing. And um, I just really believe that this is work that is changing people's lives and changing their destiny. And um, gosh, just creating so much like tidal waves of breakthrough um, in people's lives individually and then culturally, because it, it starts with the one. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just so grateful to know you. I'm so grateful and challenged by your words. Like, I'm like, I got some, I got some four R's to do after we get off this call. Good, um, good. That's a good yeah. thing. Me too, always. Yes. You know, that's the thing, like, it's, I always tell people, this is not a magic blue pill right. that you take and you never have another narrative that wants to take you mm. off your path. It's just now you become extremely empowered to know what to do with it. Right, right. You have the tools. It's all yeah. about like getting that toolkit. Yeah. Um, so where can people, first of all, where can people find you? Where can they follow along? And what are some things that you offer if people are like, I need some Dr. Shannon in my life? <laughs> <laughs> You're so sweet. So I'm at all the socials at Dr. Shannon Irvin. And um, my signature program is the Epic Success Academy, where I take people through all of what I call my neuro coaching model, the Stebdar methodology, where you really do get in, remove these networks, train your brain for success, and um, really step into a brain-based productivity and goal-setting type of scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're just wanting to get your toes wet, and that's where I recommend most people start <clears throat> I would just say, you know, grab the brain priming audio. It is on my website and I'll also give you the link to make it easy for people, but um, it's free and you just listen to it and it really goes after some of the big, big lies that have held a lot of people back. And um, we've seen some massive breakthroughs from just people listening to that in their lives and marriages and relationships Mm -hmm. and businesses. So that is a great way to just kind of get the pinky toe wet with some of this brain training. And then if you're ready to go deeper and, and bigger, we can, we can jump in then. But I just love being on your podcast, Kat. Yeah. Everybody, you know, don't you just love Kat? She's just, 
I'm in love with her. She is an amazing human being and uh, I was a privilege to be on oh, today. Thank you. Well, I can't wait to see you soon. Hopefully we can take some more pictures soon. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I need them always. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. We'll have a great day and we'll chat soon. Sounds good. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I want you to know that this project of mine is such a labor of love and it wouldn't be possible without you, without your support, without your encouragement, without your feedback. So if you have a minute and you are enjoying this podcast, if you are an avid follower, or maybe this is the first episode you're listening to and you loved it, go to iTunes search the Refined Collective Podcast and subscribe. And if you're feeling even some extra love, I would love to ask you to write a review for us. Now, this helps us get to more eyes, to get to more people. It kind of acts as like an SEO for podcasts. So if you have a minute, go find us on iTunes or on your podcast app, search the Refined Collective, subscribe, and rate and review us. It would mean the world to us. Next, if you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to, follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you want to talk about. And I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day. (laughs) Bye. Bye.